Hello, everybody. This is Josh Wegar, and welcome to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries tell us authentic stories that they love, and I know that you will too. It's six questions in nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries can get awfully long-winded. And so today, we are joined by Brother Keith Shoemaker. Brother Keith, excited to have you on. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Well, we're going to hop right into it, and let's start with question one, and tell us a little bit about you, your family, and your field. Well, sure. My name is Keith Shoemaker, a missionary in Burkina Faso, West Africa, and we got uh, my wife, is named Rebecca, and then we've, God has given us four children. Just a quick little interesting story on our four children. We've got the first one was born in Togo, uh, West Africa. The second one was born in the Ivory Coast. The third one was born in Georgia, and the fourth one was born here in Burkina Faso. So wow. four children, four different countries. Well, that's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever met anybody where that has been the case. So awesome. So, well, um, glad to hear about you and your family. Number two, then tell us um, what is one of your favorite or the best parts about you being in missions? Well, I guess, uh, you know, of course, seeing souls saved is wonderful. Uh, watching God call young men to preach and then God give you the opportunity to train those men and disciple them and then start in churches. I mean, there's just so many aspects of, of the mission field that is absolutely wonderful. But I would say the, probably the greatest thing that caps it all off is just serving Jesus. Uh, that's what makes it all real. Uh, and uh, so when you win souls and you start churches and everything else, it's just, it's just serving him. And so it's a blessing to be able to serve Jesus. Not only did I, de I deserve to die and go to hell, but he saved me. Uh, I didn't deserve salvation, but I didn't deserve to even get called to preach or get called to the mission field. And so it's a privilege to serve God in the capacity that he's allowed us to. Amen, for sure. So great answer. So number three then is kind of the inverse of that. Um, not a complaint, obviously. I'm not asking people to, you know, but uh, <clears throat> what's maybe one of the more challenging aspects of missions that people may not think of all the time? Yeah, um, I would I would think here, you know, even though we're like 60% Muslim, uh, we don't have too much um, struggle with that, really. Uh, and the Catholics are so much different than what, who what we are, so that's not really a problem. But the charismatic churches are kind of our biggest struggle, really, uh, as we talk about giving the gospel and the influence in our church uh, a lot of times because they see us as being sometimes the same when we're not. Uh, and so it's a great, great, great struggle uh, there with the charismatic church. So I would think that would probably be our greatest struggle that we seem to have here uh, time and time again is just that false doctrine that's in some way close, but yet the same way just turns you off the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know that is a challenge here as well. So I mean, just one second. All righty. So then we're going to go in then with question number four. And who are some other missionaries like yourselves that you would suggest to be on this podcast? Well, um, there's also the Jason Rischel family. They're out in Bobo, uh, the second largest city here in Burkina Faso. And they just got out there, uh, I think, last year sometime. And God's really blessing the start of that ministry. Uh, then there's Brother James Ruckman. He's up in uh, South Dakota. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, and I was talking with and actually preached for Brother Jason Hamby on Zoom the other day up in Quebec, uh, Canada. And we worked together in the Ivory Coast years ago. So there's a few uh, names to maybe uh, uh, interview. Yeah, I look forward to it. I know Brother Ruckman. And so great man. We were in a, a missions conference a long time ago with them. 
And then uh, the Rishals, I've never met them, but we've been in their home church, which is okay. an awesome church. Their parents are really sweet. And sure, so, yes, uh, they are. Yeah, I love being up there. And I've heard of Brother Hamby, but I don't think I've ever had the pleasure of meeting him. So I look forward to getting in contact with these folks. So, um, All right, then, number five, kind of what everybody's waiting for. Take about three to five minutes and just tell us a story of your time on the field, something that means a lot to you. Well, we first started out in the Ivory Coast and uh, had to kind of flee out of there and go to Togo for about nine months. Went back to the Ivory Coast uh, and then God directed our path to Burkina Faso. Well, upon arrival in 2004, December 2004 to Burkina Faso, came in with my vehicle and they needed some work uh, done on my car. And so I asked some missionaries, where, uh, where's a good mechanic? And so they pointed me to this one man. And so he worked on my car and then he asked me, he said, well, who are you and what are you doing? And and I said, well, my name is Keith Shoemaker. I'm a missionary here, and uh, I'm looking for a place to start a church. He said, perfect. I've got a place for you. And uh, so that was a few weeks after getting here, and I said, well, where at? And he said, well, it's about three and a half hours, four hours away from here. It's my village. He says, I've been begging missionary after missionary to come and preach to my people, and they all tell me they're too busy. They've got the ministries. They can't come. And he says, but I want you to come. He says, I, I, I came to uh, the city here. I got he said, I got saved by the grace of God. He said, but I don't know how to read and write, and I don't know how to explain to them about Jesus. He says, I just want a preacher to come. And I said, well, if you'll set up the day and the time, we'll go. I said, I can't promise you a church. I said, but I will promise you I'll preach to your people. And so we took that long drive, left the city, and we were on a paved road for a couple hours. Then we got on the, still on the national road, but we turned into a dirt road. And then we got on a smaller dirt road, uh, and then we got on a donkey cart path. And so we're weaving in and out of uh, trees and got mud huts on the left and the right. And of course, seeing people in their field. And all of a sudden, we get this kind of this opening in a mango tree, and there's a there's a good crowd gathering there, about 200 people. And uh, he says, we're finally here. And I we just got to the country, you know, a couple couple weeks, about a month or so, uh, two months before that. And he, he says, this is my village. And he says, yeah, you get to preach to them today. I was like, man, praise God. And so we got out of the car, put up the word of God, and they got uh, preached. And a few ladies got saved with the grace of God that morning and started going back out there every other Saturday. And so the second Saturday, we had a few, a few more ladies that got saved with the grace of God. And then on the third, there was a young man by the name of Dominique. Dominique uh, never went to school or anything, uh, but praise God, he got saved. That was in 2005. And uh, years later, God called him to preach, and now he's pastoring one of our churches. And uh, God's just done a great work through that. Uh, but the chief was there that day, and the chief also came on the day that we dedicated our church building. Uh, the chief, they said when he passed away, he was over 100 years old. Don't know how old he was, very old man. Uh, but he was just a kind, gracious man. And he'd almost always say the same story. Whatever you need, whatever we can do for you, just let us know. We're so glad you're here. You know, so glad you started the church. We've also went to where he lived, and, and they've got, of course, their little courtyards, their mud huts, and they form a courtyard, and, and you would have a few different uh, courtyards near a place, and sometimes we would invite all the courtyards to come to a central location, and we just preach the gospel, and a lot of times if they were home, they'd come. So the chief probably heard the gospel preached six, seven, eight good times, but in, in December of 2011, we heard he was very sick, and they said, we don't think he'll make it much longer, and we just happened to be in the, in the village that night. Uh, doing a special meeting and so we drove over to where the chief was and uh, gave him the gospel he was very weak but uh, still very coherent and gave him the gospel and, and talked to him for a good while and then he began to tell us the same story Just, you know the same same story again we're so glad you're here so glad uh, what you've done and so glad that people have a place to go and, and so he, he began so one of our pastors who's very very compassionate 
just kind of got next to the chief and said, Chief, you and I both know that you won't be here much longer. And uh, he said, you said the gospel was good for everybody else, but what about you? And so the chief put his head down for a few seconds. And then uh, a couple, after about 10 seconds or so, he picked his head up. And he said, if it's good enough for them, then it's good enough for me. And a few minutes later, the chief bowed his head, trusted Christ as his savior. And then he told me a story. He said, as a young man, he said, I became chief of this village. And he said, I heard a story uh, about a men that would carry a, a book. And they would come into a, a place, a village, and they would open up that book. And they would tell stories out of that book. And that book would transform and change lives. And he said, so as a young man, he said, I looked up into the heavens and I said, God, would you please send a man with the book? Uh, and he said, years passed on and no book came and no man came. He said, but then you got out of your car. And he said, you greeted us. He says, but you went back to your vehicle and he said, you got out the book. And he said, you opened up the book and you told us about a man by the name of Jesus. He said, Jesus has changed other people's lives and today Jesus has changed my life. And the chief didn't live much longer after that. Uh, but uh, he gave his life to Christ that day. And boy, I tell you, what a privilege it is. I, I don't deserve that honor, but what a privilege it is for God to allow me to be the man to carry the book that can transform and change people's lives. Wow. That is an awesome story. I can't wait to meet the chief one day in heaven, and I can't wait to meet the precious souls that uh, that were saved there. But how cool that God just set up that ministry for you to dig right into it. So. Are you still in that village today, or is there a pastor there? We are in that village. Matter of fact, one of the men that helped us kind of get started, uh, he was actually a, a former Muslim. His dad was an imam of a mosque. He oh, was wow. trained to be an imam, uh, and God saved him. It took us about two years to win him. God saved him, and uh, I was in the Ivory Coast. He came up to Burkina Faso with me, and uh, my wife taught him how to read, and, and he joined our Bible Institute. Now he's uh, preaching the gospel, but he went out there, and he started in a small town called the Market Town, started to work there in the Market Town uh, while he was still running that work. And uh, since that time, they've started three other works. We've got a Bible college. Three have graduated. Uh, there's uh, currently about 10 students right now in Bible college uh, there. And, and just God's just doing great things there. Uh, the one pastor's name is Salif. And I could have told his story. We've got so many stories that are just wonderful. Uh, but Salif, I tell you, Salif's just a great guy. I always say this. I said his earthly father uh, tried to call him to be an imam, uh, but his heavenly father called him to preach the gospel. And so it's exciting to see what God's doing. Amen. Yes, I would. Uh, maybe we'll have to have you back on. I, you've been on the mission field total. How long now? Well, we left, we left and actually arrived in Burkina Faso. I mean, actually in the Ivory Coast in 2002. Uh, so okay. we've, been in, uh, we've been on, so for about 18 years, we've been actually on the mission field. Yeah, so it's hard to narrow down that one story. So we, we might have to kind of come back in. There's so and, many of them. <laughs> yeah, and tell us some more. So, well, real quick, kind of number six, is there any um, cultural or language faux pas that you have made that you're willing to kind of share? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I thought about that question, and, and I really, even though I made, I've made a lot of mistakes, I didn't really have necessarily a funny one, which everyone wants. And so I asked my wife, and so she said, do you remember when I said this? So I'm going to share one on my wife. And uh, uh -huh. so we got to the Ivory Coast, and she actually did very good in the language, and I did very bad. Uh, but uh, one lady from the church came and asked her uh, this question. And uh, they, when they asked her the question, my wife understood. They were asking, do you want uh, a bowl? Uh, and my wife was thinking, you know, and, and she's like, a bowl? What are they asking? Why do I want a bowl? And so she started asking questions, trying to figure out, you know, are they going to give me this bowl? Do I have to pay for this bowl? How big is the bowl? 
you know, what color is the bowl and all that. And so when he, she started asking all these questions of them in French, they're like, they're looking kind of confused. So they went and got the other uh, missionary's wife, which is Jason Hamby's wife, and went and got her and she came back and uh, they just started laughing. And, and, and they found out, they were talking, did you want a house worker? And so my, my wife was asking how big is she, you know, and, <laughs> and how much does she cost and, and what color is she and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, <laughs> so that can, if you don't understand what they're talking about, that can make some mistakes. Oh, that's good. I like that a lot. That's <laughs> so, well, I appreciate you sharing. And please tell your wife, we said thank you for allowing you to share her story. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let her know. Well, listen, in closing, if people want to follow your story, keep up with you guys, what's the best way that they can do so? I would think, I think one of the best ways, of course, is uh, Facebook. Uh, Facebook is where I post a lot of what's going on. Uh, they could also um, write me and put, me, put them on my email update. That's Keith, K-E-I-T-H, at theharvest, T-H-E-H-A-R-V-E-S-T dot net, Keith at theharvest dot net. Okay, awesome. Well, we look forward to uh, keeping up with you guys. And Brother Keith, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. Thanks for being our guest. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining the Missionary Micro Stories podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe if you're listening to uh, this on iTunes. And so thank you for joining us this time. We look forward to seeing you the next time. Take care.